0: Hey, welcome to the biggest celebration of the year. It's Easter at Vaughn Forest Church. We are so honored that you're joining us today. If you're just joining us for the first time, my name's Adam, I'm the pastor here, and we're honored that you would choose to spend part of your Easter Sunday with us today. In fact, there is a link in the description for our worship service uh, that will take you to a connection card if you wanna complete that at any time during the service today, and let us know it's your first time. We would love to send you a free gift this week. I know that worshiping online can feel a little different sometimes, Uh, But what I want to encourage you to do is uh, maybe block out all of the distractions that are around you because we really believe uh, that God wants you to encounter Him today. So we're going to jump into a worship set here in just a moment, but before we do, would you join me as we pray together? And so God, we come before you today grateful for this day, grateful for what Easter represents, grateful that we can worship a resurrected Savior. And as we do that today, God, we ask that you would speak to us so that we can encounter you in a real way. We thank you for that and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Shame is a prison As cruel as a grave Shame is a robber And he's come to take my name Love is my redeemer Lifting me up from the ground Love is the power Where my freedom song is found
2: just that he died, but that he rose again and he's alive. Let's sing this together. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he couldn't love A sinner condemned, unclean, singing how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be, how marvelous, how My Savior's love For me Sing that And I stand amazed In the presence Of Jesus the Nazarene And one couldn't love me, a sinner condemned, unclean, a singing, Roads, he made them his way. my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me when with and when with the ransomed in glory his face I at last shall see that will be my joy
0: Jesus, we thank you that you loved us enough to go to the cross. Jesus, we thank you that you didn't stay there, that on the third day you came out of the tomb, and that you defeated death, and because of that we can have life. And so Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you for that, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, as I've said every week, so grateful for our worship team that leads us each Sunday during these online worship gatherings. And so we say thank you to our worship team again. And uh, today's a celebration. I mean, today is all about celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I am so glad that you are with us today. To do that, we actually have some things uh, that I want to celebrate that have been happening in the life of our church before I jump um, into my message today. I've got three things I want to share with you that I think are really exciting and I think are worth celebrating the first thing i want to share is we were able to meet a need this week and i said that early on that we wanted to be a church in the middle of this season that when needs arise that people know they can come to Vaughn Forest and we want to be able to say yes and we were made aware of one of those needs this week through one of our missions partners we partner with a ministry called Trek uh, jeff mcfarland leads that many of you know jeff is one of Vaughn Forest own and Jeff's ministry uh, serves the people of Nepal, specifically the guides and the Sherpas that lead people on uh, voyages and expeditions and hiking trips in the beautiful nation of Nepal, which unfortunately during this season, no one's traveling to those nations. And so these guides uh, literally have no way of providing income and providing food for their family. So we were made aware of this need and through Jeff's ministry, we were able to partner with other churches and financially contribute to provide meals for 170 families. And so I want you to think about that for a second. When you give to Vaughn Forest Church, you're not just meeting needs here locally. We're literally feeding families on the other side of the world. And through feeding those families who otherwise would not be able to eat, they're also going to be encountering the gospel message. And so I just want to say thank you when you give, And our church has been incredibly generous during this season. It allows us to continue to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to say yes to needs as we're presented with them. So that is certainly something worth celebrating. The second thing I wanna celebrate with you today is that Pastor Romero, Pastor David Romero, his wife, Carmen. Some, many of you know Pastor Romero. If you don't, we actually have a Spanish-speaking service that happens at Vaughn Forest every Sunday, and during this season, uh, they have been able to continue to provide an online uh, worship gathering as well. So they've been worshiping together every week. They're a part of our church family, and Pastor Romero, who leads that service, he and his wife had traveled to Venezuela back at the beginning of March to visit his mother, and while they were in Venezuela, they are only supposed to be there for a couple of weeks, All of this started to happen and all of the travel restrictions that were put in place, uh, they have been stuck in Venezuela, unable to return home to Montgomery and uh, they were actually able to get back to Montgomery just yesterday and we wanna praise God for that because a lot of prayers have gone into that and a lot of people worked to make that happen. I wanna especially thank our Congresswoman, Martha Roby, her entire office staff. They literally worked with our State Department and a lot of people did a lot of things to get Pastor Romero and his wife home We're so grateful for that. And they are back now in Montgomery and and they're in a self-quarantine for 14 days because that's protocol they have to follow. But thankfully, they don't have any symptoms. And so we're grateful they're back home. And and that is certainly something worth celebrating. And then the third thing I wanna celebrate with you is that we have a winner from our Palm Sunday uh, Drawing Contest. So If you weren't joining us last week, I asked the the kids at Vaughn Forest, hey, submit a drawing of what you think Palm Sunday would have looked like. And we got a lot of submissions And it was so cool to see all of these drawings. And so I've got a winner that I want to announce. And our winner of the contest is Kimbrel Jones. And this is Kimbrel's drawing. As you can see, she went out of her way to even create like a three D experience. And it looks awesome, Kimbrel. You did such a great job. Kimbrel is seven years old. She's a first grade student and uh, she did an awesome job with this. And so, Kimberly, we're proud of you. And what you are going to get as your prize is we are going to give you your very own Google Chromebook. And so, Kimberly, you'll be looking to get that uh, this week delivered to you in the mail. And uh, we want it to be a blessing to a family in our church. And this was kind of a fun way for us to do that because we know a lot of families right now, um, well, in fact, all of our families right now have our kids at home doing school at home and Parents are trying to work from home and kids are trying to do their schoolwork from home. And there's a limited number of laptops or computers or tablets in each home. And so we're hoping, uh, Kimberl, this will be a blessing to you that you'll get to do your own schoolwork on your own brand new Google Chromebook. And then we hope to the entire Jones family, this is a blessing to you as well as we're all trying to navigate and negotiate this season. And we want to try to bless as many families as we can with creative ideas through this season. So we'll continue to roll those out as we move forward so while we congratulate Kimbrel I also want to tell all the rest of you that submitted drawings they were so good and it was so difficult to choose just one winner and so we wanted to make sure that Kimbrel's wasn't the only one that got shown on Easter Sunday today so we put together a little video from all of the other submissions to the contest and so I want you to take a look at this video great job, kids. We literally had submissions from four-year-olds all the way to fifth graders, and they did such a great job. And I just want to say thank you for participating. It is Easter. We're celebrating Easter. And when we talk about Easter, we usually go to one of two days. I mean, there's Good Friday and there's Resurrection Sunday. And that makes sense. I mean, because on Good Friday, Jesus paid the price for our sin. He willingly went To the cross. And then obviously there's Resurrection Sunday, what we celebrate today, where Jesus walked out of the tomb. But you know, there's actually a third component to the Easter story, and that's the Saturday in between. That Saturday, that day between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. And it's this third component, this day between, that I actually want to focus our time and our message today on. In fact, that's the title of today's message, The Day Between. You see, I think on that Saturday, the disciples, the first followers of Jesus, I think they were feeling a number of emotions. The only reality they knew on that Saturday was that Good Friday had occurred. They had watched Jesus die. They didn't know that Resurrection Sunday was about to happen. You know, I think a lot of the emotions that they were feeling on that Saturday or a lot of emotions that we can identify with. There certainly have been seasons in all of our lives where we kind of feel stuck. Something's happened and and it lands us in a place where we're not really sure what's about to happen next. In fact, I would say that this season that we are walking through as a nation and literally all over the earth with COVID-19 in many ways has some of the same emotions as this day between. Let me see if I can explain. See, we know that things have changed. I mean, how many things have changed in your life over the last five weeks? I mean, things are not like they once were. And yet we know that eventually this will pass and things will move on to some type of new norm, but we're not really even certain of what that will be. We don't know when it will occur. We don't know what it will look like. We don't know how it will be different from what life was like before. So here's what we're left with right now. We're just kind of stuck. We're just kind of in this day between where things weren't like they used to be. Things haven't gotten to what they're going to be like just yet. And here we are right now. You know, sometimes we walk through these day between experiences in more specific areas of our life, it could be with your marriage. It could be with parenting. It could be with your finances. Perhaps maybe you've even lost your job during this season and you know things aren't like they used to be and you can't see how things are gonna work out just yet. Anytime we get to a place where we recognize this isn't what we wanted and this isn't where we hope to get, this is where we find ourselves in the day between. And on that Saturday, these are the emotions that the disciples were feeling. And so what I wanna do with today's message is I wanna tap into that a little bit I wanna see if we can go back to what it must have felt like to be there on that first Saturday and talk about what some of those emotions that they must have been feeling. And then let's see how maybe if those match some of the emotions that we're feeling during this season. But in doing that, let's remember what Resurrection Sunday can say to us in the midst of our day between experiences. So I've got three today that I think that God wants to show us. The first thing that I think the disciples were probably feeling on that first Saturday, is that they were feeling like God had let them down. They were feeling like God had let them down. And you know, when you go through a day-between experience, this is exactly what it can feel like. I mean, think about it. They had given up three years of their life to follow Jesus. And in their mind, things were finally getting to a place where it was about to get good. I mean, you'll remember from last Sunday, those of you who joined us, we talked about Palm Sunday where Jesus came into Jerusalem. His disciples thought he was literally about to be crowned an earthly king. They were his closest associates. And so this meant things for them were about to get really good. And all of a sudden, Jesus is dead. And I'm sure those disciples really felt like God had let them down. God had not come through for them like they had hoped he would. You ever been there before? You ever prayed prayers and asked God to answer them and yet God didn't come through for you the way you wanted him to Maybe in this season, you've been praying particular prayers and it doesn't feel like God is coming through for you. I mentioned earlier, maybe you've lost your job in this season, that can certainly not feel like God is coming through for you. When we walk through our day between experiences, it always feels like God is letting us down. And when we find ourselves in that place, we have to be reminded of the truth that Resurrection Sunday presents us with. So if you're taking notes today, if you wanna grab a sheet of paper somewhere, I'm gonna give you three statements that you can jot down. And here's the first one that I believe Resurrection Sunday reminds us of. It's this, God is accomplishing his purposes beyond what we can see. Anytime we find ourselves in a place where we feel like God is letting us down, Resurrection Sunday reminds us that God is in fact accomplishing his purposes beyond what we can see. See, on that Saturday, when the disciples felt like Jesus had let them down, when they felt like God had let them down, Jesus was not who they thought he was. God was actually accomplishing something that they needed. God was allowing Jesus to experience death in preparation for the resurrection so that their salvation could be purchased, so that our salvation could be purchased. Now, the apostle Paul, who wrote the most books in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, he actually connects these dots for us. Paul looks back on that first Easter weekend, and he tells us in his letter what was actually being accomplished. And it's a rather longer passage, so hang with me, but I think it's important for us to read it on Easter, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Paul says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. If you have a Bible in front of you and you've got a pen or a highlighter or a pencil, maybe you want to highlight or underline or circle that phrase, just the right time. See, it's important to be reminded that God always accomplishes his purposes at just the right time. He certainly did this with the first Easter. And and in our own lives, we have to be reminded and trust that God is accomplishing his purposes, maybe not on our timeline, but at just the right time as he sees fit. Verse seven, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. See, I wanna encourage you today. What can seem like God letting us down is often an opportunity for God to be at work just in a way that we can't see. And what I wanna encourage you with in this season is that God is still accomplishing his purposes for your life. God is still moving in your life. God still has a plan for your life. And it might be a week, it might be a few months, it may even be a few years before you're able to look back and connect the dots. But in this season, we can choose to trust God the, the preacher Charles Spurgeon from the 1800s, the famous preacher in London, England, he, he said it this way, that any time in our life we can't trace God's hand, we can always choose to trust his heart. And I want to encourage you in this season that while we may not be able to trace God's hand, while it may not be obvious what he is up to, we can still trust that just like on that first weekend for those disciples, in our lives right now, in the midst of this season, he is still accomplishing his purposes for our life. I hope that encourages you. See, I think there was a second emotion that the disciples were feeling on that Saturday. I think, I think the second emotion was the exact opposite of the first. See, I think they were also maybe even blaming themselves a little bit. So there's always like this mixed bag where, where you, we wanna blame God, he's not doing what we want, but then we also recognize maybe we've done something to bring this on. I think the disciples were feeling this on that Saturday. I mean, think about it. From the time Jesus got arrested, the disciples fled. I mean, when Jesus needed his disciples the most, they were nowhere to be found. Peter denied Jesus three times. John was the only disciple who stayed by Jesus' side, even from a distance, but he was still there up until the crucifixion. And once Jesus had died and the disciples were left there with that Saturday, I think they were blaming themselves. I think they were dealing with a lot of shame, with a lot of guilt, I think that they were recognizing that they had not done what they always thought they would do, which was stand by Jesus' side. And anytime we are walking through our day between experiences, make no mistake, I think we do the same thing as well. Why? Because we all know our own failures. We know our mistakes. We know where we lack. We know our past failures. We know the things that bring about shame and guilt in our lives. And oftentimes when we feel stuck, we conclude that it's because of something that we've done. And what goes around comes around. And we're reaping what we have sown. And God is basically giving us what we deserve because of what we've done. And this is what has led us into a place where it feels like that we are stuck in this day between. And when we get to that place, and when the disciples are at that place, it's important for us to be reminded of what Resurrection Sunday says To us. And it's the second thing I would ask you to jot down today. See, it's not about what you can do for Jesus, but what Jesus has done for you. It's not about what you can do for Jesus. It's not about what I can do for Jesus. It's about what Jesus has done for you, what Jesus has done for me. Jesus was doing for the disciples on that Saturday what they could never have done for themselves purchase their salvation. You see, Christianity is an acknowledgement for all of us that Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. Maybe you're tuning in today and you're not a believer. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. We're so glad you're joining us today. Maybe someone invited you to do that. Sometimes as Christians, we don't represent ourselves very well. And so just for a moment, I would like to share with you what Christianity is really all about. See, Christianity is not about a bunch of people who have figured it all out. As Christians, we are not people who even though we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ and we believe that Jesus did walk out of the tomb on the third day, it doesn't mean that we have it all figured out. It doesn't mean that we don't continue to mess up daily. Ask the people who know us best. They'll tell you about the things that we do. It doesn't mean that we don't have things that we aren't ashamed of. It doesn't mean that we have a perfect track record. It doesn't mean that we get a free pass from life's problems. We deal with life's problems As well. All it means is that we have chosen to place our faith in a perfect Savior. In fact, if I were to give you a word that I think is the best word to describe Christians, it would simply be this We're all a bunch of hypocrites. We all claim to believe one thing and then live differently every single day. But you see, it's never been about that. It's never been about our performance for God. It's always been about us acknowledging that we could never perform good enough for God, so we accepted Jesus' performance in our place. But we sometimes don't do a very good job of representing that. Maybe you are a Christian, and you're joining us today. And maybe you're continuing to beat yourself up over some things you've done, and maybe you have concluded that you have found yourself in the season, the circumstance, the predicament, the problem, because of something you've done. Let me share a passage with you that I hope frees you up today. Romans chapter eight, verses one and two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been set free from the law of sin and death. If you've accepted what Jesus did for you that you could never do on your own, you've been set free from the law of sin and death. See, Christianity is not about us performing well for God. It's about us accepting that Jesus performed perfectly in our place. Christianity is not about us doing our best to keep the faith. Christianity is about us worshiping Jesus who kept the faith for us in our place. Christianity is not about us continuing to replay all of the regrets or past mistakes in our lives and beating ourselves up over them. Christianity is about us humbly acknowledging with grateful hearts that Jesus chose to take our place, which means God, doesn't beat us up over the sin in our lives because he chose to beat up his own son on the cross over the sin in our lives. And because of what Jesus did for us, there is no condemnation. And when you find yourself in the middle of a season that feels like you're stuck, when you find yourself in that place that feels like the day between, the first thing the enemy would want you to do is blame yourself for it. Please know that that is his strategy. That is not from God. God, your heavenly father, loves you enough to sacrifice his own son for you. And there's no reason for you to continue to wallow in shame and guilt. God wants you to move forward, acknowledging with a grateful heart that that sin has been paid for and that our faith has always been about what Jesus did for us, not about what we can try to do for him, and I hope that frees you up today, and I hope that it gives you hope in the middle of this season, whatever season it is that you may be walking through. You see, I think the disciples were blaming God a little bit that Saturday. I think the disciples were blaming themselves a little bit on that first Saturday, and then I think the third emotion that the disciples were feeling was that this was their new reality. I mean, think about it. All they knew on that Saturday was Jesus had died. There's no way they could have ever known what was about to happen on Sunday. As far as they could tell, this was their new reality. Now, we now know, and they were soon to find out, it was temporary. It was actually a pretty short reality. It was only a day. But anytime you are in something that actually is a season, that actually will pass one day, When it's associated with negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, when it's associated with despair, when it's associated with things that we have lost, make no mistake about it. Regardless of what anybody tells us, it feels like this is our new reality. And I think for many of us, that might be where we're at right now. I mean, we've been in this now for four or five weeks. Let me ask you a question. How many things in your life have changed over the last month? How many things have you lost over the last month. How many different experiences are you not getting to have because of what's happening right now? I mean, my heart goes out to all of you high school seniors. Nobody should have to do this their senior year of high school. You should have been able to celebrate your senior year of high school just like the rest of us, and yet that's been lost. How many of you grandparents, every Easter, you spend Easter with your grandkids, and you're not getting to do that this year? And that's been lost. I mean, how many different experiences have we lost over the last month? And so here's the thing. We're not really sure when we're going to get the opportunity to get those experiences back, the ones that we can get back. And so what happens is regardless of whether or not people say this is a season, regardless of whether or not people say this too shall pass, the emotion that we feel is that this is our new reality. And listen, when that starts to happen, when those thoughts begin to build upon one another and that despair begins to creep in and that anxiety begins to creep in and that worry begins to creep in, if we're not careful, it can lead us to a very, very dark place. And when we find ourselves in that place, and I believe that the disciples found themselves in that place on that Saturday, it is so important for us to be reminded of the truth of the resurrection. It's the third thing that I would ask you to jot down today. See, here's what's important for us to remember. When we feel despair, hope is never lost because impossible no longer exists. I hope that encourages you this morning. Hope is never lost because impossible no longer exists. When we despair, when we have anguish, when we have anxiety, when we feel like hope is so far away, Easter reminds us that hope is never lost and here's why. Because impossible no longer exists. On that first Easter Sunday, when Jesus walked out of the tomb, the word impossible walked out with him. Here's why we know that Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, Peter, he preaches a message. 3,000 people respond in faith, accept Jesus as their Savior. The church is launched. And in this sermon, when Peter is recalling the events of Friday and what happened with the crucifixion in verse 24 of Acts chapter two, he then tells them why impossible no longer exists. Here's the verse, Acts chapter two, verse 24. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. And here's the phrase, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. That's why we celebrate on Easter. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on our Savior. And because death could not keep its hold, because it was impossible, then that means impossible no longer exists. And if impossible no longer exists, hope is never lost in any area of our life. The disciples were soon to realize that their hope has going to, was going to be restored when they got to encounter their risen Savior. And see, what I want to say to all of us, and what the Lord has continually had to remind me of during the season, is that our hope is never found in what we see right in front of us. Our hope is never found in the midst of the season we're in, the storm that we are passing through, the circumstances that we may be confronted with, and whatever it is you're walking through right now, that it feels like hope is lost. I want to encourage you, hope is never lost because impossible no longer exists. You may say, listen, if you only knew what was going on in my marriage. I mean, things weren't really good before, but now that we're in this season and we're actually together more than we've ever been before, it's just become even more obvious. There's really no way this marriage is going to make it. I would say to you, it doesn't sound good. I would say to you, it might take some time. I would say to you, you may even need to get some good Christian counseling, but here's what I would tell you, hope is never lost because impossible no longer exists. You may say, if you only knew the situation with my kids, they're, they're grown now, and they've kind of wandered away from God, and they won't really even have a lot to do with me. I would say, my heart goes out to you, and that sounds terrible, but here's what I would encourage you with, hope is never lost because impossible no longer exists. you say to me, listen, I just found out this past week that I'm being laid off from my job and, and I'm looking at our finances right now and the only feeling I have is anxiety and there is no way for us to move forward because of this new reality we have found ourselves in. I would say my heart breaks for you and I would say it looks like it could be tough. But here's what I would encourage you with. Hope is never lost because impossible no longer exists. See, the resurrection is not just an event that happened 2,000 years ago. The resurrection is not just something that we accept so that we can spend eternity with God in heaven one day. The resurrection has power to provide us hope right now, today. Regardless of what we're going through, the resurrection reminds us that our hope can only be found in a risen Savior. And the resurrection provides hope for us in the middle of everything, including what we're walking through right now with COVID-19 and all of the ramifications of it. You know, maybe you've been watching today and and you've never gotten to a place in your life where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. You know, maybe as you've been listening today, you can see how God has actually been accomplishing his purposes for your life all along the way. And maybe now you're just beginning to realize it. Maybe from listening today, you see that Christianity has never been about what we do. It's about what Jesus did for us. And, and what he did for us is actually a free gift that you could never earn. You just simply have to accept it and receive it, what Jesus did for you in your place. And maybe you're watching and you recognize that all of the things that you've placed your hope in just led you to more despair, that the only hope you can ever find is by placing your faith in the risen Savior who we celebrate at Easter. And if that's you today, can I just ask you to bow your head right where you're at? In fact, can I ask everybody to bow your head? Regardless of where you're at, regardless of where you're at with the Lord right now, would you just bow your head just for a moment? And if that's you and you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, right there where you are seated, it's not the words of your heart, uh, the words that you speak, it's the condition of your heart, but would you just say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner and I wanna thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I believe that you rose from the grave and you walked out of that tomb on that first Easter And I want to accept what you did for me. I want to ask you to come into my life and be my savior. I want to give you my life. I want to make you the Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I want to live for you to the best way I know how. Jesus, thank you for saving me. If you just prayed that prayer with me right now, can I ask you to do something kind of bold? Can I ask you to send me an email and just let me know just right now? We're going to put my email address up on the screen for you, adam.bishop at vaughnforest.com. Would you just let me know? I'd love to be able to follow up with you personally. I'd love to be able to pray for you by name this week. I'd love to be able to, to text or give you a call and maybe even help you begin to take some of your first steps on your new faith journey. I'd love to introduce you to some other individuals in our church. We've got an amazing church family here with other people who haven't figured it out, but we're just walking each day with a Savior. And we'd love to come alongside you and encourage you in your new faith journey, but we need you to let us know. If you don't feel comfortable letting me know, maybe let someone else know because they wanna celebrate with you as well. You know, maybe you have made that decision. You are a follower of Jesus. But maybe in this season, it's been hard to keep hope. It's been hard to block out the worry, the anxiety, the fear, the despair. And maybe today has been a reminder that the resurrection is not just something from the past nor something that gains us access to the throne in the future, but it actually provides power for today. It may be right where you're seated. You could just bow your head and you could just pray something to the effect of Jesus, I need to recapture my hope. I've been looking in a lot of places for hope over the last few days, over the last few weeks, and I need to be reminded that my hope starts by meeting you the first step outside of that tomb and being reminded that not just in this season, but in everything that's going on in my life, because of what you did on Easter Sunday, impossible no longer exists. And Jesus, during this season, I'm gonna need you to remind me of that a lot. And maybe this Easter could be an Easter where you begin to move forward in faith, not having it figured out, moving forward in faith, not with a plan where everything's kind of clarified, but moving forward in faith, simply resting in the fact that hope is never lost, because we actually live in a world where Jesus walked out of that tomb. And when he did, Impossible walked out with him. Can I pray for you as we all ask Jesus to be that for us during this season? So Jesus, that is our prayer. Jesus, we wanna walk with you in faith. A lot of the things that have guided our faith, like routine and predictability and even getting to see our church family face to face, they're not with us during this season and and it's tough. And Lord, it's easy to give in to despair. It's easy to give in to anxiety and worry and fear. But Jesus, we want to be marked by the power of the resurrection. We need the power of the resurrection in our life. We need that hope. So Jesus, we're just asking for you right now in this moment and for many moments to come in this season that you would remind us that our hope is never lost because our hope is placed in you. And that whatever we are staring down that may seem impossible, that impossible no longer exists because of what you did on that first Easter and because of the power we now have access to through you, our risen Savior. So Lord, we thank you for that. And we pray these things in your name, amen. I hope that encouraged you today. I hope that when you find yourself in those seasons that feel like you're kind of stuck in that day between, that you'll be reminded that you always have hope because of what Jesus did on that first Easter Sunday. Hey, I mentioned it earlier in our message today, but there is a description of our worship service. There's a link in that description, rather, and you can click on that link. You can complete a connection card. Maybe you have some other next steps you wanna let us know. Maybe you have made a decision for Christ recently and you wanna figure out how to take the next step of baptism. We're coming up with some really creative ways to continue to do baptism, even in this season. You can let us know that on your connection card. Maybe you have a prayer request that you'd like to let us know about. Maybe you really would like to talk to someone. We, we actually have a couple of Christian counselors in our church who came forward this week and call, called the office and emailed us and said, listen, we'd love to offer our services for free during the season. We can set up a Zoom a meeting with anybody in our church. And if that's something maybe you'd like to do, maybe you'd like to just sit down and talk to someone and, and maybe receive some guidance from God's word from them. Uh, you can email any of us or you can email that care at com email address and we'd love to help facilitate that for you, Finally, let me say thank you for your giving. It's just blowing my mind how generous you're continuing to be as a church during this season. So thank you for that. It's why we're able to do the things like we were able to do this week in Nepal. If you wanna to continue to give and you're not uh, fully aware of how to do that during this season, you can give online anytime at our website, vaughnforest.com. You can use our app anytime to give or you can text to give um, anytime. And again, thank you for your generosity during this season. Finally, let me tell you about what we're going to start next week. Next week, we're going to kick off a new series. I'm really excited to do this series with you. Over the next seven weeks, we're going to go through the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes about himself in the Gospel of John. And a lot of times uh, people have heard some things about Jesus, some right, maybe some wrong. So what we wanna do for seven weeks is let Jesus speak for himself. So again, if you're just joining us for the first time today, we'd love to have you back next week. We're gonna be going through the Gospel of John. We're gonna be looking at these seven statements Jesus made about himself, seeing what we can learn about Jesus, but then seeing what those statements mean for us today. So I'm really excited to kick that off with you next week. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on our Facebook page continuing to walk through the book of Philippians. I hope to see you there as well. Know that I'll be praying for you this week, and I look
3: forward to joining you next Sunday.